Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the KBR Sports Podcast. You already know the best sports podcast of your 24-hour day. Thanks for tuning in to, to this episode of the podcast. Of course, if you're not subscribed to the KBR Sports Podcast, please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you go ahead and also hit the follow button, depending on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, as well as subscribing to the KBR Sports YouTube channel, where there's video content there. The newest video will be up soon. Either be up, either be posted this weekend or early next week, but there will be a new video posted, so make sure you guys keep your eyes open for that, of course. And, of course, follow all the social handles down in the description below. That will be included there. And we got a lot of NBA playoffs to talk about, of course, and I'm joined by my reoccurring guests on the podcast as we talk about all things NBA playoffs. My boy, Snackheel Oatmeal, my brother, what is going on? Taking it back to the we're harking back to an earlier day. Uh, back in the day when we did weekly podcasts, this is what we're turning back into. Very slowly and surely. It feels like that, right? It really does. All right. I don't want to waste any time because we're, we're just so you guys have context. We're recording this right after Celtics and Bucks, and it was a pretty good game to watch. Giannis goes for forty points, and it's so weird, man. You watch Giannis play, and sometimes you don't even realize he's scoring this many points. And the just the fluidity of how it comes throughout the game because it feels like there's so many so many events that occur in between when Giannis just starts piling on the points. But yeah, he goes for 40 points, 11 rebounds, three assists, and he's 16 of 27 from the field, six of 10 free throws, two of five threes, two big threes in this game. Honestly, one late one that was really huge. But he also had seven turnovers in this game. But I, I it was a really good game. The Bucks end up winning at 110, 107. But this game, man, I, I, I watched this game and I come away from it just looking at it from a standpoint of I don't know how much of a series this would be. Not that I'm trying to discount the Celtics necessarily, but it's just yeah. so clear in so many instances that, one, I think so many people have underrated how good the Bucks are coming into the the series. I think the way so many people viewed the Eastern Conference was that Last year, we didn't have the Nets really at optimal capacity, right? And a lot of people chalked up the fact that Milwaukee was able to progress to the fact that the Nets were out of the way for the most part since Kyrie got hurt in that series and James Harden wasn't 100%. And they essentially lost. They essentially beat the Nets on a with Kevin Durant's foot on the line. And I think for a lot of people, they viewed it as the team that knocks out the Nets in this postseason is the team that's going to be the one to go to the NBA Finals, which could still be true. Don't get me wrong on that point. But I think with that belief in mind, it caused a lot of people to then overlook the reigning champions in the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think that the Chris Middleton injury obviously did that, did did more service to that cause and that notion because of the fact that most people are like, oh man, no Chris Middleton, they're done. They're done, but... I think this series has all but solidified the fact that I – mean, let me not even say all but, but it's essentially solidified the fact that Giannis is in this place now as a player where 
I, I, I mean, obviously you, you're going to know this, but I want the audience to remember there was a point where we, we reached with LeBron where it was like, when you got past LeBron, it, it, not even essentially where you got past him, because it got to a point nobody could get past him in the Eastern Conference. But when you beat LeBron James, it was like, okay, woo, we, we did that, right? Like It was like, oh my gosh, we got over that hurdle. But this was really before LeBron started winning championships, because once he started winning championships, nobody really got... I mean, you think about it. Nobody got to the to the NBA Finals in the Eastern Conference until LeBron left the East, which is. Crazy. I was gonna say you said when we get past LeBron, but I was about to be like, mm, did did anybody actually <laughs> get past LeBron? Yeah, literally in the Eastern Conference, it didn't happen. But you look at a team like the Orlando Magic when they did it, right? The Celtics when they did it. When you're beating LeBron James, and this is the guy that everybody's anointed the chosen one, and Giannis is in a further along place than I would even say LeBron was at that juncture. When he was losing to the Celtics and the Orlando Magic, just from the vantage point of Giannis has already done this, and Giannis has a team that helps him be able to hold that place in the league and in the Eastern Conference. And I, I mean, this performance tonight is one of those things that, yeah, he had way too many tur- turnovers in my opinion. Obviously, seven is way too many. There were some turnovers there. I'm like, oh, he's really forcing the issue. Some some offensive fouls, whatever the case might be. But throughout the whole game, I. Every t- every I feel like we're gonna have to come on here every single day on this podcast almost every time there's a podcast episode, and I know you guys might get tired of it, but I, he deserves this credit and the best player in the league deserves this type of credit. His impact is unparalleled, man, and he 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 just knows he has that gear of how to to know when his team needs him to start just going into that bag and really asserting himself, and it was such a huge. It, it it shows so much where so many young players have to go in this aspect because even Luka Doncic in for how good Luka is, there was multiple moments in that game against the Suns yesterday where I was watching the game and I'm like, man, Luka keeps taking these step back threes that are just sinking them more in the hole, and it's not they're not good shots. They were not good shots in the least bit, and he wasn't doing the thing that like you know when you just gotta force the issue, not necessarily. Like, and put your imprint, force the defense to assimilate to you and keep your teammates involved. Luca wasn't able to do that, whereas Giannis was still doing that. And I don't know, man. It it was it's a it's one of those performances. Not like I'm. This isn't Giannis's best playoff performance by any means, but they were down by as much as like. <laughs> I know, but they were down by like twelve points or something like that within the fourth quarter, at least at some point, and. They just, they were able, him, Drew Holiday, I, I, Drew Holiday, I, I got to give him more credit as well, because Drew Holiday, being Giannis's running mate in the in the absence of Chris Middleton, and you look at Drew Holiday, and, and so many times, it's just so crazy, because Drew Holiday's efficiency is never going to stand out on a stat sheet, right? And he was 20, 24 points, 9 of 24 shooting, but he was 4-7 from deep with 8 rebounds and 8 assists, but then the biggest plays Drew Holiday affects the game with are on defense, and... Man, I la, the Celtics last essentially second to last possession of the game, where you get it, you have a play which I know you're gonna you're gonna expound upon more. We're gonna talk more about that play, but where Drew Holiday is able to come over, make a heads up defensive play to provide help defense in a situation where it looks like Marcus Smart might get a look at the basket, and he's able to come over and get a block to shut that whole play down. I really just look at this Bucks team and I'm like, man, it is going to take just an effort to knock them off, right? Like this is 
They're such a good team. I mean, you have, and I'm talking about this on a night where Jason Tatum shows up, 34 points on 12 of 29 shots, but 34 points nonetheless, 8 of 9 free throws. Jalen Brown chips in with 26 points, 9 of 19 from the field. And you look at it from that vantage point, but the Bucks keep everybody else. Marcus Smart had 15, but then you look at the, how the Bucks maintain what they were doing in the in the previous games. Al Horford doesn't go for 30 points again. Obviously, it was a playoff high, but you, they keep Al Horford and more in check this game. And you just they, they just had a stranglehold on this team in the fourth quarter. But give me more. Get, I want to I want to get your your opinion on how you what you think about this game and the overall performance from Giannis and the rest of the team. All right, now that you're done uh, gushing over Giannis, uh, <laughs> the the main thing I took away from this game was uh, Boston, uh, as a great man once said, uh, had to look at themselves and say, are we selling? Because they, <laughs> I don't know what happened in the last, like, six minutes of the game where they were just like, all right, dribble the clock every single time. They dribble. Every time, I don't know why teams do this, they're up by like double digits in like last six minutes. They're like, all right, we're just going to dribble the clock out, take a step back, bad shot, call it a day, we're going to win the game. And then they get down just like what happened, and then you have some some tomfoolery happen, and then you lose the game, and you're like, wow, how did we lose this? And then you go back and review the last six minutes of the game, and you're like, oh, why did we stop playing the way that we were when we were up? Um, but... I, I don't know, man. Just the last couple plays just really just kind of killed the Celtics. And uh, can, I make a, can I make a bold statement here? Yeah, go ahead. Celtics are going to win the series. You said Celtics are going to win the series? Yep. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Why Why do you believe that to be the case? I'm not even saying I disagree with you. Why, why do you believe that to be the case? I have I have zero reason to pick them as I just watched them completely sell a game, unbelievably sell a game. Uh, I don't know. I just watched that game and I just like I don't know. I I genuinely felt like Boston was the better team the entire game until the like I don't even feel it's like that thing where like that like Boston clutched defeat from the jaws of victory more so than like don't get me wrong. Drew had some great plays, but like it should never even gotten in that position. And it wasn't like something like the Bucks played like this amazing game to get back in the game. Boston literally just threw the game away. And it was like, I, I don't know, throughout the series, I've, I felt like Boston outside of like two games maybe. Well, they were two and two. But what's it called? Even the games that they lost, hold on, which game, which game am I thinking of? Game three, that's what it was. It was like game three, even game one, like game one, was it was like a feeling out game. And I didn't feel like they played that bad. I know they lost by 12. It was like I didn't feel like they played that bad, and then game three they were right. They were literally right there. Um, and in this game they just, like I said, they threw the game away. So it's like four of the five games they played, I felt like they were the better team. Yeah, I I can see where you're saying that. I felt as though when I was watching throughout most of this game, I felt like, like I give like I give a lot of credit to Giannis, but. I did feel like he was at times, which is where he got his seven turnovers. He was really trying to force the issue a lot of times. And, yeah. and a lot of times that resulted in turnovers. And there were times where I could tell, and Sam Van Gundy eloquently noted this during the game, that it was it was really a thing of buying time. Because the last game, what happened is that 
during the, the Bucks were leading all throughout the game, throughout the most part. And then coming towards the end of that game, it was like literally after Giannis got his dunk poster on Al Horford. And after that moment, the Celtics went on this crazy run, but Giannis was also gassed in the fourth quarter of yeah. game four. So what yeah. Budenholzer's adjustment was in this game was that he definitely rested Giannis for way more longer stretches and definitely surrounding media timeouts. And so what Stan Van Gundy noted during the game was the fact that Boston was playing with borrowed time. It felt like throughout most of the game, most of the game, it felt like they were always just trying to extend that lead. The lead was essentially, it was like a, it was weird because this is the reason why I don't trust Boston. It was, it was a fact, it was a fictitious lead, if that makes sense, because, or more of a facade because they were always able to garner the lead when Giannis was out of the game, right? And I was like, okay, well, this is always was... was but then the minute Giannis came, comes back in the game, the lead would always get dwindled down. And I was like, mm. So what happens when he's playing a longer stretch of minutes and he's not going to eventually lead the game because it's going to be the fourth quarter? Hence, that moment came and the, the Bucks ended up winning the game. And you look at it and... What? Yeah. No, I was gonna say that, but that goes back to the point of like it wasn't like Giannis brought like that's why I was saying more so like Boston started playing garbage offense as opposed to like Milwaukee like changed up the like, their whole thing and was locking them up. It was just Boston that went back to this ISO heavy run the shot clock down and take a terrible shot offense. They did, but I think that was also in part because Giannis was on the floor. I saw there was multiple times that Boston was trying to run actions to try and get Garner switches with different guys. And Milwaukee, to their credit, were making sure that they stuck with the matchups that they wanted. And to and to be fair, a lot of times when Boston was going on these stretches, they were doing ISO-heavy things. Like, you're saying that they were changing up what they were doing. But, no, a lot of times when they were going on some of these runs, it was targeting a guy like Grayson Allen. They were attacking Grayson Allen while he was on the court. So then Mike Budenhoser says, okay, enough of that. We're taking Grayson Allen off the court. And once they took him off the court, he got subbed in for whom was coming in was Giannis. And once Giannis comes in, then the matchups all change up on the floor. So now whoever Drew Holiday guarding is changing, whoever Pat Connaughton was guarding is changing, and, and so on. And so a lot of the matchups then became way more favorable in the in the manner for the Bucks as opposed to the Celtics. And there wasn't that one guy. They tried to then target Bobby Porters, but targeting Bobby Porters, who's a bigger body, is a lot different than targeting Grayson Allen. So when you're talking yeah. about Jason Tatum then and Jalen Brown resorting to that ISO offense, they were also still doing that in that fourth quarter early in the early parts of it. It's just that it was with a smaller guy. But I think yeah, that, but you know the difference in like ISOing in the middle of a game versus like you're going to run the shot clock down isolate. Yeah, I get what you mean. I, 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 it's not that I don't totally disagree with your point, but I also do think there was this, also this juncture in the fourth quarter where the Bucks also just started hitting shots. Like Pat Connaughton, yeah. Pat Connaughton hit like two, two back to back threes that were huge to keep Milwaukee within striking distance. Then you get Bobby mm-hmm. Portis hitting a three in the, in the, in the, in the corner wing. Then Giannis hits that big three that they really needed that, put them i think that tied the game it was 102 105 and Giannis hits that three to tie the game and that's when i was like oh Mm -hmm. man boston is there like the tension is at their neck like i could feel it for boston at that point in time and that's 
they, that's when they sold it. They was just like, that was it. I mean, what? Because it's always that thing. Like once they go on a run, it's like, well, there you go. You now, you now lost the game because you like it's hard to recapture that momentum. Yeah. Now I, I did want to get your your opinion on that second to last play, where we have Jason Tatum essentially not not Jason Tatum. Well, the second to last play. We were talking about this before we started the podcast, but we were breaking it down from an X and an O standpoint. So what the, what looks like the the goal of the play was to have Jason Tatum come off a pin down from Al Horford at the bottom of the of the screen, and he's he's motioning to come off that pin down and flare out to what to what it seems to be the receiver pass at the top of the key, and in the same action on the reverse side. It looks like Marcus Smart is coming from the corner, the corner on the opposite side of the floor, and it's supposed to come down a screen to then flare out and either catch the ball at that point or do something and either then give it to Jason Tatum, screen for him, and maybe do, maybe screen for him, and then Jason Tatum takes and they take the switch with him on Pat Connaughton. I'm not sure what the situation was supposed to be, but that's just my inference for how the play might have maybe was supposed to go. But what happens is that Pat Connaughton jumps the Jalen Brown screen for Marcus Smart, in which Jalen Brown doesn't really set this screen for whatever reason, but he jumps it. So now Pat Connaughton is in a disadvantage where Marcus Smart is at, uh, has a lane to the rim, and the inbounder gives the ball to Marcus Smart, and he be- Marcus Smart beelines it for the rim, but Pat Connaughton recovers to his credit beautifully without fouling. And then... Jalen Brown is, I don't know, he's like in no man's land because when the when the play happens with Pat Connaughton overshooting the Marcus Smart on that screen play where he's supposed to come out for the pass, Jalen Brown is like trying to post up Drew Holiday for whatever reason. So he's still in the painted area or right at the top of, or right at the free throw line area, the painted area. And so this allows Drew Holiday to still be around the basket to some degree. And then Marcus Smart drives in and, he essentially gets contested by Pat Connaughton, but then Drew Holiday is just like, all right, well, I'll just walk over here and block this guy. So what do you think about that that play? I, I know you had some thoughts about that play and some issues with how they ran it and what, what occurred, but what, what do you think about that last, that second-to-last play? All right, so, yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered right, the problem I had with the play, which was Jalen Brown. And it's like, first of all, Pat Connaughton. You know what? Like, they're not going to give – I don't know. Maybe they will but deserves a ton of credit for that play. I know the, all the highlights are going to play Drew Holiday blocking a shot, which, you know, great play by Drew Holiday as well. But him slowing down, Marcus, Marcus Moore has a layup if he doesn't slow down. If he doesn't slow him down, that Drew Holiday block does not happen. Yeah. So, pack on, big play on him. And um, so, Jaylen, like you said, Jalen Brown just kind of, like, sits there. Like, and I guess, he, I think you said the, play, the plan was you have, you, I, I see even even the Marcus Smart screens you have Pat Connaughton on, yeah. It's like, but I don't know what Jalen Brown, like Jalen Brown's not doing anything. He's just, just standing there. And it's like, yeah. and what we, what we were saying is that, like, he either needed to hard hard cut to the to the basket to at least make, or, or dive back to the three-point line. So he could, like, Drew Holiday had to make a choice. To either you know react on the react on the bucket or react on Jalen Brown Brown being wide open, um, 
everybody, here was the biggest problem though that we both I think we both agreed on was that even if he even if he jumped back to the three point one and he's wide open, do we think Marcus Smart has that passing ability, the 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 vision and passing ability to and the awareness to kick it out to Mark to Jalen Brown. He's thinking, I'm getting the bucket right here. I'm getting a layup. Do we do we trust Marcus Smart to make that play? Personally, nah. I I don't think so. <laughs> it's not for him. It's not it's not a knock on. I mean, like I'm I'm making it sound bad, but it's not it's not really that's not his game. That's just the simple like if you if if you made Marcus Smart a two and you said Marcus play the two play the three we don't care whichever one's position is last more really play the two play the three we don't care but we need a we need a legitimate playmaker on the court with you you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum Jason Tatum's been dying in this in this uh, in these playoffs more than so than he usually does not gonna sit here and act like he's playing like LeBron or anything like that but. They don't have, and this was this is why they originally went out and got Kemba because they needed that you know, up like a floor general, a guy who could just you know who knew how to play. But you know Kemba's Kemba's knees and ankles and legs in general just you know uh, just didn't hold out on him. But it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, man, in DMPs in, in in New York, yeah. But uh, but it's like not not having that. It's like you have to rely on. You know, Mark, you have to rely on guys who aren't great playmakers to be your playmakers, and you get put in situations like this where it's like one of your one of your core guys gets the ball, and you can't trust him to make you you, you can't trust him to make that play. Yeah. No. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, it like it manifested itself like in that one play, really. Yeah, it, it was wild, man, and then. I've been crediting Milwaukee's defense all series because they also have been testing Mark. Like you noted, Marcus Smart's playmaking ability from the standpoint of being able to dribble the ball up the court. And on the last play of the game, Drew Holiday's playing him full court, and Bobby Portis is sitting there on the help as well. And one thing Marcus Smart doesn't see that is a glaring ah man, it's a glaring breakdown in the Bucks defense. And granted, it's hard in the moment, especially when you got Drew Holiday in front of you playing you, but. Pat Connaughton falls down trying to stay with Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum is wide open ahead of him on the wing for three. And when we're talking about Marcus Smart being able to make that play to see a guy out at the three-point line in Jalen Brown and hit him when he's driving to the basket looking to score and talking about Marcus Smart here. Now you're talking about an instance in the last play of the game where he, Jason Tatum was so open. I mean, this man is doing damn near jumping jacks, trying to get the attention of Marcus Smart to get the ball, and he just doesn't see him. And so, and it turns into a steal for the Bucks and essentially seals the game. So, I just, man, the Celtics team is so good. They're so talented, and it's just crazy. What'd you say? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. They're missing a one piece. It's just so weird, man. Because I'm like, man, what? Like, how many pieces can I can, can a team get? All right, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, man. You have the defensive player of the year. You have two stud young wing players. You have. I want to go back. This is why. This is why you always, if you have a chance between a. a a guy who's a dominant scorer or a guy who's a good playmaker plus a good scorer, you take the good playmaker plus good scorer guy. Because having your main guy not being able to be a focal point of to be able to initiate your offense is going to come back to bite you unless you can find yourself that guy who can playmake. Like, Lonzo is literally the perfect point guard, right? But it's like there aren't that many Lonzos in the league. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And it's like the, the 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 what you have in both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you have one great player who's great all around except for playmaking, and you have a star who's good all around except for playmaking. And it's like you have no one you have no one to playmake out there for you. And it becomes so apparent in especially in late game situations. It is it is an eyesore sometimes to watch the Celtics offense late in games because they do resort to much hero ball. And granted, that's what those guys are very skilled at doing. But it yeah, just it's working. But when it's times like these where it just it it like it, you need that guy that you can trust to move the ball in that kind of situation. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And Drew Holiday was able to do that on the other side for the Bucks and. You credit him, man. I mean, you show up. It shows up in the, his eight assists, and I just, I really like the Bucks, man. I really like them as a team. I, it's, it's one of those teams that they, they were built. Whether people want to say organically, whatever the case might be, who cares? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter. But when you see a small market team having success like that, you do root for that. You root for the small market team to have success on that level because it shows that. Not everything is revolved around super teams that both both means like not one way is right, not one way is wrong. Both means can succeed in in formatting an NBA team, but it's very rare when you're only you're going to be able to build a dynasty with just pieces that you have homegrown drafted. I'm like Drew Holiday wasn't drafted by the Bucks. Sorry to break it to you guys, but Chris Middleton wasn't drafted by the Bucks either. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's it's. <laughs> When you when everybody's like, oh Brooke man, Lopez also but these are all no key contributors. Yeah, it's all key contributors. Yeah. Like for every for every Golden State, I mean, you, it's there's like how many other teams that, and even Golden State. I mean, my, many people predicate a large part of their run to a dude that wasn't drafted by their team. So that's something to that's something to be holding in of itself. But yeah, let's let's talk about more series about the East. And Miami essentially dominating the the 76ers. And, Playing nicely. 
yeah, it was it was a it was a <laughs> it was a violent route to say the least, in which they just got the same. What? Uh, so to put it and put in point reference, put in reference how how this game went last night. I fell asleep midway through the third quarter. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a rough. Yeah. Listen, I'm not I'm not gonna be real. I'm gonna be real with you. Last night I woke up and I looked at the scores and I was like, I'm glad I went to sleep early. Yeah, I watched both games all the way through, and I was like, why did I do this? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, the funny thing is, <laughs> y'all, a lot of times when I'm watching games, right, I'll just hit, I'll hit him up to be like, yo, I'll just see if he's watching a game or something like that, or just um, if, I'm, if we're on the game or something, I'll have the game pulled up, and I'm trying to talk to him as we're both watching the game. And I sent him I sent him a, a, a message, and I just knew this man was gone. Like, it was yeah. – I'm looking at the Heat game, and I'm like, yeah, there's no chance. There's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was like eighty-five to like it was. It wasn't even like a blowout yet, but it was like it was getting there. Like they had gotten the lead up to like eighteen or something like that, and I was like, mm-hmm. I was like "Man, I'm going to sleep. I ain't sitting here and watching this mess." Yeah, like I already knew what bro. I knew what time it was. It was like Joel was playing first half. He was playing not timidly, but he took like six shots. And James Harden. I don't know what's going on with James Harden right now. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's weird. I, I don't know either. I, I couldn't even, for the life of me, I just don't, bro, he's really taking a step back. So, you know, the funny thing is, I remember you telling me all those Reddit threads you were on <laughs> and people are like, is James Harden still a superstar? And I am, yeah. <laughs> this is one of those moments where <laughs> you look at it. We James were making Harden. fun of him, but hell. Yeah. <laughs> They seem to be right. <laughs> I mean, James Harden, 14 points, 5 of 13 shooting, 4 assists. To 13 shots. Man, 4 assists with 4 turnovers. I mean, this is this is a fall from grace if I ever seen it. I mean, what's wrong with these guys? I mean, what do you think? What's I I don't know. Granted, to be fair, both teams both teams play amazing at home. Yeah. Bro. James Harden ain't shy about shooting the ball. That's what I'm confused about. Yeah. This man, this was a guy who took 24 shots a game at one point. Yeah. And my man had was shooting has been shooting 14 shots a game in the playoffs. He's shooting in 11 no, games. In round, sorry. No, in oh, 11 games, taking 149. I was like, my boy is throwing. I was about to say. I mean, 149 in 11 games ain't that great. He's 13 not... shots a game. I mean, yeah, he's shooting 13 and a half shots per game right now in this postseason. Yeah. I think if, that's, if that math is correct. I don't know if my math is right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 40%, by the way. Like, 40.2. My gosh, man. Like, bro, it's not like he's not. He's playing damn near 40 minutes. It ain't like he's barely playing or something like that like he's playing he's playing a lot of minutes so th- this is one of those things that so we just did a podcast talking about the miami heat not looking like number one seed in the regular season right and then they come out and yeah, have a, we- a performance like this and yeah. i mean from by all intensive measures they 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 shot 53 percent from the field so this is one of those games philly wasn't even guarding these dudes you know it was no this was this was what? This was just an awful game. 
Yeah, it was it was bad from all accounts. They shot fifty three percent from the field. Talking about Miami here in comparison to Philly mm-hmm. shooting thirty six and a half percent from the field. Thirty they uh-huh. shot thirty nine percent from deep. Miami did to Philly's twenty eight percent, and then rebounds. Miami forty six to Philly's thirty six. Point here's the big one mm-hmm. right here. James Harden and, and Joel Embiid, who both are supposed to be freaking paint monsters. Points in the paint, Miami fifty six. Philly thirty six. Twenty point advantage. Points in the paint. That's just no shot. There's no way. Yeah, there this game was chalked from the beginning. And I feel like it yeah. honestly what? you did you see the point mm-hmm. were you were you up for the point where Joel and B got hit in the face? Yeah, it happened right there, but right before the end of the half. I feel as though when that happened, it was just like, oh man, it's, it's. Yeah, it was just like, like when that happened. I mean, that's pretty much when I knew it was over because I was like, there ain't no way he's going to be super aggressive when he got hit in the face. Yeah, yeah, it was like yeah. and, so and, timid. And they were already down. Yeah, and it was just like I and like I understand that. Like the dude's playing with a freaking, uh, you know, freaking gotcha. broken face essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I, I mean I get it. I'm not gonna sit here and be like, man, if you don't suck it up and, and play and play through, I'm like, I ain't gonna be that kind of guy. What's it called? But um, it, it, but you know, once it it was just kind of like a culmination of the night where it was like you're you're down, you know, pretty much down 13 the entire half. So you make like a little bit of a run, you get it down to like it's like 10, and Joel gets hit in the face, and you're just kind of like, well one of those bad you know bad luck nights and then you just look at you look at joel i think at that point he's taking like six shots james harden like i said had done, ah, he, bro he was so non-existent i don't even know what he had done to that point yeah and i don't know it's just listen i really wanted james harden to win, like win a ring. i really do i like james harden i know a lot of people don't like the flopping and stuff like that whatever you know i get it i, I do but uh you know i just kind of i just kind of like the guy and Watching him just like just fall apart is just is just sad. It's weird, man. I and the thing is, as these series go on, I'm really if Chris Middleton was healthy, man. To be honest with you, I think I I really think the Bucks should be the f- overall favorite. Because, yeah. because I look at all these yeah. teams. Go Miami? ahead, go ahead, go ahead, real quick. You still not gonna give a love to Miami? You said I'm still not gonna give a, a nod to Miami. You still not gonna give no love to Miami? The the my my issue with Miami. Here we go. Is that in the same sense that I respect what Miami's doing to the Sixers? I also can't neglect and ignore a lot of the deficiencies the Sixers have that I'm realizing Miami take advantage of, which is credit to Miami, of course, as a team. I mean, Miami's a quality team. They, they they are a quality team, but it's not it's not lost on any of us the fact that the Sixers really have no type of perimeter defenders. Matisse Thybul has barely played because you can't really play him in a series yeah. like this because he can't shoot. And yeah. This is where it hurts where you lost Ben Simmons because now Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler essentially has just dominated had his way the whole series. He's he's has this has that trait turned into a lose lose? I think so at this point, yeah, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
they don't for the, for the season, not, not the overall. Because Ben Ben Simmons did get back surgery. He's ideally going to be back and good next season. But for this season, right now, this might be a lose lose. Yeah, it's been the rare lose lose. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It, it's essentially been chalked because if Philly doesn't make it out of this series, you got to the same point that you did what a year ago when you had been and i i don't know i don't know man i doc, I, doc got to go you if said they doc lose got this to go. series doc got to go there ain't no way there ain't no way they're, they're keeping he's keeping his job the crazy thing is i don't know if they i don't know if they, i don't think they do it though i don't think they do it i don't think they fired doc rivers because of the fact that <laughs> I think that there's value there in maybe having a full camp with both these guys. Maybe you chalk this season yeah. up to Harden was mailing it in at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I respect you. You're trying to find excuses for him. I respect it. I mean, you can you can see you kind of see the 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 tea leaves how it goes, right? Like you can see the the yeah. narrative being spun. Like, oh, well, they never really played a full season together. Harden was playing, was kind of starting to sandbag it when he was playing in Brooklyn. He hasn't had a full season to, to be healthy after the hamstring, all that stuff. Embiid fractured his face. I, you know, yeah. I, I already see it all, see it all form, formulating. But mm-hmm. this this series, I mean, this series, the Celtics series, the Western Conference series, even including Golden State, man, I Golden State right now is down. 66 to 46. Uh, I, 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 want, I was itching to get to it. <laughs> They're getting mollywopped right now. And for a team that we've been so high on, and I'm just watching how the Grizzlies be, are no, attacking them. To, be, wait, to what? be fair, to be fair, they have been, and, I, and this is what this goes back to the, the most improvement argument. They have been, they have been great without John Moran. The Grizzlies have been great. The Grizzlies have been playing at a very high level, but them Without playing him. them playing in this fashion though is just showing me all the deficiencies about Golden State. And well, I mean, any any team, every team right now has flaws. But the but see, every team has flaws. But it's about how great is necessary. Like the 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 Milwaukee Bucks flaws. Granted, even with Chris Middleton, no, there's flaws so. with Milwaukee, but. With Chris Middleton there, a lot of the flaws we are seeing exposed by the the Celtics would be evaporated. 
I, at least to my at least to my point, maybe when Chris Middleton is there, maybe new flaws would arise in the sense of I don't know, but when it comes to late game closures or even when Giannis sits down and you need scoring in those stretches, that wouldn't really be an issue with Chris Middleton there. And mm-hmm. that to me has been a large part of the reason why the the Celtics have been able to sometimes run away with games in this series. And and I think uh-huh. in regards to the Suns, I don't know, man. When I talked about, I meant to keep focus this in on Miami, but for me, Miami's issue is that we, I respect Jimmy Butler for what Jimmy Butler does. I'm not even saying Jimmy Butler wouldn't do this in another series, but I still don't see who another person is that's going to step up and help Jimmy Butler in a lot of these big game Tyler. series. You said Tyler Hero, right? Tyler and, Hero. Okay, so fair enough. But the problem is I haven't seen Tyler Hero do it when he's facing athletic wings on the perimeter that can actually stay with him and check him throughout a whole series. I haven't seen it yet. Bam Philly, out of bio. Philly doesn't have it. Bam out of, Bam out of bio is not at that, at that point yet. And <laughs> 21 was the other game. What would you say? Yeah, 21 the other game. That's great. The other game. Yeah. Tyler Hero had like 36-1 game last year against the Celtics or the Bucks. All right. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. Yeah, 21 the other game. Sure. So did James Harden. And what happened to him? I, I just. All right. I'm just saying. He had a stretch where he played. You dropping 20 consistently. I need. But here's the thing, though. Are you are you pegging? Are you <laughs> pegging? Are you noting yeah, that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, cut that part. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you mailing that home that that's going to be a consistent performance you can bank on that Bam is going to show up with that Tyler Hero is going to show up with that against a far superior are, are, defensive team to what the Seventy Sixers are in the next round? Are you asking me that right now? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I don't. I don't think so, man. I don't. I think on a consistent Bam basis. Go, if Bam goes up against the Bucks, yes. Man, you are you are. I, mm. I think he can. I think he can consistently give you seventeen to twenty. But see, I need more than that. Huh. Bam's name is Ed Rice. I had no idea. <laughs> I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I still. I, I feel confident that he can give me uh, seventeen to twenty a game. I just, I like Miami as a team, man. I just, I just see so many flaws in so many of these teams, and especially when your your matchups against certain teams like Philly has no perimeter defenders. The Bucks do, and it's just entirely like I just can't get out of my mind what happened. What do you say? They have Drew Holiday. Yeah, but Chris Middleton plays pretty good perimeter defense too. Chris Middleton's not playing. He will be back for next series. Is he going to be back for the entire series? I know that he was. They said he was supposed to be back for the next series. So I don't. Depending on how long this series goes, I mean, I I don't know when that necessarily would be, but or what juncture of the series it would be. I don't know. They planned for this series to go seven games, so I I think I that he would be back for the next series, but. I'm looking it up. Right I still can't even get out of my mind. Didn't the Bucks sweep the Heat Has last year? Little, 
a little on the court and is making progress. Didn't the Bucks sweep the Heat last year? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I feel like I follow basketball. Okay. This guy. Also, Miami was like Miami was hasty, and they were hurt all season. They were, which is fairness to them. But I don't know. I, I mean, this isn't just even a Miami thing. This is just a thing of like all the teams in the playoffs. I, every team in the playoffs to me is just not as complete as I would like to be able to make. Yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Love the Bucks. Blah blah blah. Moving on. <laughs> I think this Miami team a had a great shot to go to the finals. As much as I was poo-pooing them before, uh, I have zero problems uh, reneging on what I said. You going to put money on it? Flipping my, uh, no, I wouldn't. But I completely uh, do believe in their chance to get to the finals. That's where, that's, that's where you get people, folks. If people really believe in something, they'll put money down. When they don't I put... Do. Heat. Hmm? I believe in the heat. Then put money on them to get to the finals. No, I wouldn't put money on either the Bucks or the Heat. Oh, well, I have the Bucks losing, so I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, you believe in the Heat. Put money on the Heat getting to the finals. No, I believe in them. I hope, I hope, I hope the Sixers make it. Show me, show me you I believe. want the Sixers to make it. You don't believe. I, I want the Sixers to make it. Now, shut up, Brendan. What's it called? Show me I you I got 98 cents in my account. I ain't got no money to put down on it. <laughs> This man is so full of crap. But, anyways. I'll send you a screenshot of my account right now. <laughs> yeah, transfer it all to one account and then just send me a screenshot. Sure. I will, I will, teach, I will shoot you a screenshot. All, all three of my accounts for the whole $1.71 I got in my account. <laughs> anyways. I am out of money right now. My, my account probably in the negative right now. Oh, uh, I'm lying. Sorry. I got $1.58. <laughs> Yeah, hey, that's a little too on the nose, bro. I'm joking. I ain't got no money in my account. <laughs> yeah. hey, you know what? All right, yeah, I'll put I'll put my two dollars on Miami. You you put your two dollars on Miami. I'll put my two dollars on Miami. Oh wow! Okay, guys, note this. All right, we know they get what 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 is the date? The date is May 11th. Nigel is putting money. We're at the around the forty-four minute mark on this podcast. And I was putting in money that yep. Miami, two dollars that Bet, Miami would I'm, make it to NBA finals. Two dollars, yeah. And then if it they, was, I'm, I, listen, listen, I'm more about my stances than you and your wishy-washy sitting on the fence. Don't give no definitive answer, self. All right, I so gave I a definitive hear. answer. Who did you say the Bucks won in the finals? No, I said I think the I think the Warriors would get there. I don't want to hear it. There. You but well, hold, 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 hold on, you didn't say Miami would win the finals. Are you picking Miami to win the finals? No, you, I, didn't, you I said, said they I would have get the, to I, the finals. I said they have a good shot. <laughs> I put money on them. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You just tried to nail me down to a pick for the finals, and you haven't even made a pick for the finals. Don't try. You, you think you're slick? I, I you think no I don't. I have zero problem making a pick for the finals. Make a pick. I already asked you, bro. Start it off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got no problem making a pick for the finals. I'm not Moving the one over here pooping out Moving my chest. I got no problem making a pick. No, topic. make your pick, man. You ain't got no the problem Warriors, making a pick. Go ahead, make a pick. Go ahead, make a pick. Oh, see, there you go. The Warriors see, are down 24. 
ducking, ducking the smoke. You know, I'm trying. Why? I'm trying to be professional here. Nah, you trying to avoid the pick. That's what you're trying to do. Right now. Slick. It's a podcast. Get out of here. They're acting body. The words this, this is actually crazy. Gonna... Which huh? is part of my which is part of my worries about these teams because the Warriors look for as good as the Warriors have looked, and I still think the Warriors and the the Suns obviously are going to be the finals, the semi, the Eastern, the Western Conference Finals matchup. There, there you go. They. I think that when when I look at the Warriors, man, <laughs> they don't. Clay Thompson is not the defender Clay Thompson used to be. I mean, to say you say that's disrespectful. That's, that's to be expected. Yeah, it's it's expected, and but I think part of what made this Warriors seem so good was because of the fact that they had when you're on the court, you always had a a a. A lineup that could defend practically everybody on the wings, right? But now you have Steph, who is above average on defense. Now you have Clay, who has regressed to probably just above average on defense. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Then, then you have Jordan Poole, who's a bad defender. And then you have Andrew Wiggins, who is comes and goes with his defense. And then obviously you have Draymond, who's an excellent defensive player. But this is a far cry from the Warriors team of 2016 that was the top defense in the NBA, had the death lineup that they could employ, and they just were able to guard you one through five just so well outside of Steph Curry. And they were able to put out guys like Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, Clay Thompson, and then Steph Curry on the lineup. Whereas now this team, there's so many vulnerabilities on this team that were they to play the Phoenix Suns, I am seeing way more, more and more how vulnerable this team is in so many aspects of their lineup. Like Devin Booker, Chris Paul, whomever, you just, you name them, probably is going to attack whatever variation of the person is in front of them. Draymond, or sorry, not Draymond, Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, whomever. They're attacking all these people, probably not going directly for Andrew Wiggins, but they're attacking Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. Whereas before you were, you would put Clay on whoever the best wing uh, op- opposing offensive wing was that was normally who you were putting clay on and he has just not been able to return back to that t- that form of defense so now i'm in a position where i'm really starting to doubt if golden state can get to that point the the thing that's worrying me about uh, the, the my main worry with the suns that i don't necessarily share in the golden state series now that john morant's out is that now that they're up 3-1 but <laughs> Even though a three one lead's not safe with Golden State, but I was gonna say that's the thing with the Warriors. <laughs> but the thing with the, I'm I'm more secure with the Suns is that the Suns. When I was watching them play that Mavericks game, and granted, it's always tough, man, to judge a game when the team's not at home versus when they're at home because that's how these series have gone. It's like one team looks amazing at home, and then they go back to the other team's home place, and then all of a sudden they look amazing at home, but. The Mavericks just showed me so much. And we talked about this on a previous podcast about heliocentric teams, right? And Mm. the Mavericks 
the Mavericks are just one of the most optimal heliocentric operating teams there are in the NBA because their star player is so good. But when Luka isn't hitting those step back threes and when he and I was really disappointed with Luka's game in game five. It was so bad to me. It was one of the worst games I've seen Luka play, to be honest with you. He he was just tunnel visioned. He was trying to win the game by himself and it was one of those situations where I was like, he does not he's not trusting his teammates right now. And the the Suns completely shut him off from doing one like he Luca's great because he does so many things well. And they essentially told him, You're gonna only fit into this box. And he let them do that to him. Granted, will he do that in game six? I don't think so, but it just showed me that once the Mavericks were down, they really didn't have an easy way to climb back into the game. It was Luca trying to hit all these haymakers to try and get them back in, but the Suns just had too much talent and they had so many ways to attack the Mavericks that the Mavericks couldn't respond with. And it just showed me that if the Mavericks somehow are to pull out this series, it's going to take a Herculean effort from Luca as well as he's what 50 points a game from Luca. I mean, it's going to take some semblance of that as well as his teammates just showing up and hitting shots. And if you're, if you're asking me to take that and write that home to the bank, I'm sorry. I just don't believe in these role players, especially on the road. They have not shown, given me the faith to believe in them on the road. I mean, what are your thoughts on these Western Conference teams? I am not going to overreact to one game of the Warriors. Uh, as much as they're getting whooped on, I think it was more so a thing where they walk. It was, you know, that thing where teams are like, <laughs> close out game. <laughs> We're going to just walk in here, we're going to beat them, and we're going to win. <sighs> it's going to be that simple. But this isn't a one-game and... concern with the Warriors. This has been my concern with the Warriors for for a minute now because they don't they don't oh. have that perimeter defense to the same effect that they used to. Sorry, I, th- I thought we were talking about me here for a second. Uh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I, I, don't, I don't think. Just going to this series, I'm not overly concerned, you know. I do get what you're saying about the defense, though. And I guess the idea is that, like, that's why you put in uh, Jordan Poole's playing so many minutes now is because you're like, okay, our defense is not that good anymore. It's not that it's still not good, but it's not as good as it was before. I think most nights it's working fine as they've been you know, pretty much on cruise control. Not, not cruise control, that's a little too easy. That's a little too easy. They've been you know, not concerned, really, in these playoffs so far. Um, but it does manifest itself in, well, it's even at night. It's not like they're shooting batteries, and they just have a ton of turnovers. And, I mean, in Memphis is just shooting better than they usually, they tip, like, they're just shooting well over their percentages. I mean, you know, they take an 18 to 44%. That's not a Memphis-like thing. Um, you know, but looking at turnovers, they have, how many turnovers do they have? They have 14 turnovers to Memphis's three. Yeah. They have 13 assists to 14 turnovers. Offensive rebounds, I mean, they're getting absolutely bodied, just 13 to 2. Like, I mean, that's to be acceptable. That's, they're not a great rebounding team. And you have Steve, like, you have the best offensive rebounding team versus the worst, probably the worst offensive rebounding team or rebounding team in the playoffs in general right now, actually. So it's like they're shooting well and they're doing everything right. They're just turning the ball over a ton and they're just getting a lot of easy buckets off the turnovers. So it's like, even games like this, it's just like they're down 27, but it's like a self-inflicted 27. It's not like they're getting like they're playing, they're getting locked up or they're getting beat in the half quarter or anything like that. 
it's like this is just an awful like uh, like their main three guys have ten turnovers. Yeah. And so I mean if they're playing their normal game, like their baseline normal game, I'm still pretty confident. In terms of Phoenix, I don't know how to, I don't know what to make of Phoenix. I'm gonna be honest with you. I really don't know what to make of them. They shouldn't have gone six against the Pelicans. They shouldn't be going six, six. against six. the Mavericks. I, I I genuinely don't know what to make of it. Like I, like I look at them on paper, and I'm like, this team should be rolling through the playoffs. And I watch their games, and I'm like, this team is better than both these teams they play. Uh, how are they? How are they not just rolling through the playoffs right now? And not even rolling as in like they're just getting sweeps or anything like that. Because you know sweeping's hard. Um, but at least like. You know, finishing these games, finishing these series out, no problem. Like, confidently five, you know, maybe six games. You know, it's like, but they're, like, in dogfights for these series. Yeah. And it's, it's just genuinely not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, it makes me wonder, man. I don't – you watch so much of these teams, you watch so much basketball, and you just – you could see trends sometimes. Like, and it, it, I don't know. The, the way the Suns looked, right, off game two, it was like, okay, this is the Suns team that we're going to, they're going to, now they're, they're here, they're back, you know, we're good. Um, you know, it was like, okay, they had a little rough series in the first series, but, you know, they're, they're, they're good now that this team isn't athletic and long like the Pelicans were or anything like that. And then they get into the series, and it's like, this would be like, I've always maintained you never want you like you want to get to a team that is heliocentric because that's probably the easiest type of team to play in the playoffs. And it's like you so you get this heliocentric team whose whose second best player is either Jalen Brunson or Spencer Dinwiddie on a good night. And it's like you don't look at either of those guys and are like, oh, <laughs> you know these guys are like you know all star level guys. They're not even star level guys. And so you're like. Okay, you know, we just have to slow down Luca, and even if Luca gets his, we can slow down the other guys. And this series is pretty much a wrap, right? And it's like all of a sudden they can't they can't defend. I mean, clearly they can't defend Luca, but now they can't defend the shooters. And it's just like, how did you guys get this eight game lead over everybody? And now you can't you can't play defense yeah. all of a sudden, or you can't, or you have Chris Paul committing seven turnovers in a game. Yeah, you know, it's just like. I don't, I, I don't know. It's like everything just like in the regular season just went out the window for them. Yeah. For both teams, kind of. Essentially. But like the Warriors they are, were top three on defense all season. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. They were. And now it's like, kind of like you said, now it's deep. I mean, obviously, it's the playoffs. But it's just like, I don't know. They don't even feel like a, like a great defensive team at times. And some days they do. I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know, man. It's tough. Yeah. But, it's, like, you know, like, John, John Morant cooked them when he was playing. And, and look, right now, it's like they're still – I mean, even when John Morant went out, it was like they won by, what, three? Yeah. And then this game, they're getting blown out by 27. Yeah, it blows, man. It's just, it's just a weird – I will say this, though. Uh, these Western, these conference finals are about to look are looking like they're going to match up 
be wonderful series. But every team is uh, not looking too hot. <laughs> Essentially, right? Like, like It looks like all these games yeah. should just be close games and game seven type series. I'm... It's content for us, so I'm not even mad. It's just more content to talk about, but it is just weird. It's because it makes like, it more hard to, pre- to predict things, which is, I mean, it's, I guess it's cool in the grand scheme of things, but yeah, it's, it's just weird because normally we have like one team that's like kind of dominating yeah. people, and now that we don't have that, it is a bit weird to really judge all any of you these. You know teams. what this is? What? You know what this is? This is post NBA LeBron. <laughs> That's what this is. This is teams. We we now have a, a variety as opposed to a, a steady monopoly on the finals from like one side already. I mean, yeah. This is is, is this what they would deem to call parity? This is this is what the NBA was lacking for the last twenty years. It's finally here. Twenty years. I mean, I think that's a stretch, but I mean, before that, I mean, it was pretty much the Lakers. It was the Lakers and the and the Lakers and Spurs. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And then I mean, so yeah. like, and I mean, you had the Lakers as first in one conference, and then I mean, yeah. What it was the Pistons after, after ten. After ten, it was strictly LeBron. I mean, yeah. After ten, it was strictly LeBron in the East. Man, yeah. Now you think about it, it really isn't that much parity in the NBA, man. No. Once I you mean, once you yeah, get I mean, that go- one player, that's just head and shoulders above everybody else, it, it's hard to win. And But I mean I mean shoot you can look at look at the look at the title amounts by by team. It's like you got Lakers who have Lord knows how many. Seventeen. You'll be able to how many? Seventeen. They have seventeen. I think Boston has sixteen. Eighteen. The, the eighteen. Oh no, I think they're tied. The uh, are they tied? I think Boston. Maybe Boston has eighteen. I think maybe uh, it might be seven. I'm not oh. sure. See, the problem is they, you know, they played with Milkman played, so <laughs> I don't remember all, all the. Uh, I know Bill Russell got eleven of them. Larry Bird has three of them. Paul Pierce and them won Come one. On. What's seventeen? They got seventeen. Yeah. Mm, okay. I think Lakers have eighteen then. No, the Lakers have seventeen. No, they're, okay, they're tied. They're tied. Yeah, I was about so, to say the Lakers right, have seventeen. NBA, the NBA is seventy-five years old. You already have thirty-four. All right, between those two, then you have you have uh, five for the you Spurs. Have Jordan has six. Oh uh, no, both have six. That's forty. Five for the Spurs. That's forty-five. Man, um, Heat have so two before. Well, no, he had four. So he had three. That's what forty-eight. So between what is that? Lakers, Celtics, Pistons five have teams. Pistons have what three? Two. No, they, they have, have three. three. Oh, they have three. They have three. So I'm saying between five teams, you have forty-five of the seventy-five championships. That's so crazy! Wow, man. It, so yeah, it's it's always been a kind of you know. A thing, you know, it's always been like a a couple teams dominate the league, but now it's kind of like you're getting into this to this whole thing where it's like, look at, I mean, this year, Phoenix never won the championship. Um, Memphis has never won the championship. Yeah. Miami hasn't won one since LeBron. Uh, and LeBron. 
Yeah. Um, that's the Bucks, Bucks you know just won it. They haven't won one since they haven't won one since Wade. Um, well, that's why I said LeBron and Wade. I made sure to know. Both yeah, yeah. I, I realize. You know, I'm disrespecting. I'm disrespecting the Wayne Wade. Um, and the who's the other team? The Celtics haven't won one since what? Ten, eleven. Garnett and Pierce. That was yeah. oh, that was oh, no, seven, oh, eight. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Before a year before that, or two years before that. So it's like I mean. They, uh, so I mean, all these teams; these aren't like teams that are like you know. Consi- I mean, the the the, the Bucks obviously just won last year, but it's not like the Bucks are like some mainstay that this, have been in this, the finals. You know, see, this is this is how it goes, though. This is how it goes. But this is why I was saying the Bucks are the team that I, if Chris Middleton truly, if he was healthy, I really wonder how this would go because you say this like this. This is how it always normally goes. It, granted, we normally have one team that's dominating a conference. At least that's how it's been in the last 10 years where normally we always are riding the Cavaliers or the Heat or whomever to the finals in the East with LeBron on that team. But now I'm curious, are we hitting that point with Giannis? Because if Giannis gets back to the finals, we're essentially going through this again. And it's just, oh, that te- Giannis's team gets there and then whomever beats them or Giannis wins a championship. And if he gets there again, it's like... No, I'm just saying that's the truth. Am I? Am I? What, that's that's exactly what it is. I mean, two times. I mean, I'm not sitting here ready to write a book about the man. No, but I'm saying that's the start of it, right? If you if you keep yeah. getting there two two times, if you go back to back, and then let's say you get back there again, or whatever the case might be, how much parity have we had? I mean, essentially, in the last five years, the only t- the the Bucks were the one, the the Raptors were the other one, but then it's been Golden State, and then the Lakers. So outside of that, it's not like we've had all these different teams winning it really. Just got there for the first time last year too. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Teams get there, but the, the true parody is if a team, if the team that hasn't won one in forever wins it, which was the bucks and the Raptors. But outside of that golden state, the Lakers. Phoenix has a chance this year. Yes, just like Denver had a chance the year the Lakers won it. And just like... But what? what? Uh, who else? Uh, in the uh, East, Philly, it was, it was Miami title. and the Celtics. Philly, who hasn't won a title since... Oh my gosh, the, the 70s? Hasn't, yeah. is, is, has, still has a chance. I mean, so, yeah, it's parody in there. I, mean, I, I, I mean, if if you just consider yeah, these teams because, being in the postseason, parity. any other team. No, if, but parity isn't parity isn't the teams that are in the playoff competition pool because the same teams essentially are in the playoff competition pool for the most part. It's about who actually gets to the finals. The 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 yeah, Suns getting there again I'm would not be parity. If Golden State gets there again, it's not parity. It's just it's the no, same but, two teams that got there last year, or the the Golden State being the same team that got there years ago. Or, or the Celtics, the Celtics, the other team, the Heat, the uh, back in the series and go to the finals. Or I mean, the no, team that the was Heat there two the years finals. ago. I was a Mickey Mouse championship. Doesn't count. Oh, get out of here! The man. what's it called? I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying what they say on Twitter, dog. Yeah, the Heat that was there two years ago. Oh, okay. The Bucks who just won it. Yeah, the, 
the Sixers would be a team that would be a whatever story, and then the Celtics, who have seventeen Wait, you championships. Know, you know what? You know what? You know why it's parody? Because we don't have a single. There's no team we can sit right here and now say this team is one thousand percent going to the finals. Or not even that. This team's gonna. This team is going to win the finals. So yeah, it's parody in the sense. Yes, it's not parody in the sense of like these brand new teams are getting there, but it's parody in the sense we don't know who is going to win the finals this year. It's uh, you. Know, we don't know. Not, 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 who doesn't know who's going to win? Who's going to the finals this year? Fair enough. But I say true parody. I mean, granted, if we, if we're if we're talking about parody in the sense of teams oh main, mainstays that have been here. And that are that we just don't know. That's fine. I, I mean, I guess I, I guess you can consider that yeah, yeah. in of itself. That's fine. Not in the sense of like new brand new teams getting there. No, but that, I mean that. But that you have to wait for like you have to wait for older players to retire and newer teams to come. Like like the Grizzlies, for example. Grizzlies this year are probably too young, but like give it like you know two two three years, they'll probably be you know a consistent final uh, final. Oh my gosh, final contender. Uh, they're up by thirty right now. Um, this is ugly, man. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, you know, there'll be a, there'll be a consistent final contender. Um, what's another team? Denver. You know, with the with Jokic, their two players back are potentially going to be final are going to be potential final contenders. Um, hopefully, I mean, who knows with uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s back issues going on? That was very fast. I'm trying to think. What, Pelicans with Zion coming back are going to be in the future a couple, you know, hopefully a, 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 a deep playoff slash title contending team. So it's like you got to wait for these old heads to, to, you know, retire off before you can say, like, before you see the changing of the guard here. That's just crazy. I mean, it's just wild. Like, we're, I don't know, man. That's what's. I mean, look at Golden State. Golden State's getting old. Uh, Chris Paul's not going to be around forever. Um, no, I get, I, I get what you're saying. It's just people yeah, play so much just, further. Just, like LeBron just won a championship at 37 years old. I mean, I no, well, that, was it 37 or 36? Yeah. Might have been 36, but as it's just wild to me. 35. It's time. It's time to lay in a bus though. What? It's time to lay in a bus though. <laughs> Bro, what is Draymond doing? Oh man. Okay. This is, well, speaking of LA, so Jeannie Bus has some comments. Jeannie Bus had a lot of oh, comments yeah. here, and when she she did a sit down talk with the the Los Angeles Times talking about the Lakers, and she did express some her dis, I'd say dissatisfaction with how this season has gone, and this was her statement and talking about it's a, it's a good a good read. I implore you guys to go read that by Bill Plasky. But she said, I'm growing impatient just because we had that we had the fourth highest payroll in the league. When you spend that kind of money on the luxury tasks, you expect to go deep into the playoffs, she told the Times. So, yeah, it was gut-wrenching for me to go out on a limb like that and not get the results that we were looking for. I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. We don't like to be missing the playoffs. I understand the fans' anger and frustration. I've got to make it better. And then when asked the question if LeBron and Clutch sports run the lakers she said do they have the final say no are they running the team no no not at all i am controlling owner of the los angeles lakers i'm held accountable for every decision that's made here and then when addressing the question regarding russell westbrook being with the team moving in the future she said having a conversation like that is premature 
We ha we have to now find the r the right coach to lead this team, depending on the style of play that the coach wants to play, given the roster that we have. It all has to start to come together. And then she was even broached about the topic of selling the team. And she said this. In terms of selling the team, I'm not going anywhere. This is exactly what my dad asked me to do. She said, adding that the team is not for sale. And so the news even came out today that the Lakers are not interviewing assistant coach Kenny Atkinson from Golden State. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you make of all this news revolving the Lakers and Jeannie Buss's statements? I get it. Lakers are up in the asset franchise. But they really are, they're really like, like everybody's in freak out mode because they missed the playoffs. Like, bro. Bro, I, we like Cleveland sucks for I don't know how many years, bro. We got one championship, and we're like, we're still like, yeah, we're still riding the high off that. It's like y'all won a championship, and like two years later, y'all make a playoff. I'm like, oh, I just can't believe this. I, I just, you got, we got one of the best players in the league, but everything's just, everything's just falling apart, bro. I was watching, I saw a YouTube video, and it was talking about like thirty, like it was like. uh most franchise ending uh, trades and like Russell Westbrook was like the the picture of it. I was like I was like come on you guys are so over dramatic oh my gosh man <laughs> it's like whoa how many games did Anthony Davis missed last oh my gosh uh, missed last game too many <laughs> that right now way too many it's like you had that Bron oh, Jer I want to say Jaron Jackson Jr is just throwing everything away he's yeah. not letting anybody get a layup. Essentially, um, it's like you know you had Braun with uh, with groin issues. You had a rough fit. You had they had no chance to get like um, to get uh, acclimated with each other. And so it's like you have this team that like barely doesn't barely knows each other, and they're forced to like you know just get it all together with little playtime on the court. And it's like yeah. You have a thirty, I don't know how LeBron is thirty-seven year old guy dropping thirty a game, having to carry a, a team of like Malik Monk, and uh, who who's the um who's that kid that hit that game winner? Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves. You know, you, you got these. You had the, you had the corpse of DeAndre Jordan out there playing at one point. Yeah. Like, what, what do you? It's like, yeah, they need to put a better team together. But this is not all doom and gloom. If Anthony Davis plays. 60 games next year. They probably comfortably make the playoffs. I think what the doom and gloom comes from is that people are realizing the de the de the deficiencies of this team and they're the I think rightfully so I do think people are upset with the decisions management has made and in the chase of star talent they they disregarded fit and chemistry. And I think there was a bit of an overreaction or a knee jerk yeah. reaction somewhat to the Lakers first round exit against the Phoenix Suns. Because as much as as much as people want to say, like, granted, Phoenix Suns deserve to go to the finals that year, but I think a lot of people feel as though if Anthony Davis were healthy, maybe things would be different. The problem is <laughs> in saying that Anthony Davis is never healthy, so you know that's that is the big problem right there. But when he was healthy, the Lakers. Say, every time we preface these comments, we always have to say, "Oh, you know, if Anthony Davis was healthy." Yeah, exactly, and even the, even that man, Anthony Davis. At some point, dude, you gotta. You have to look in the mirror. Like it's, it, I feel bad for him because some of his injuries, his injuries are like these yeah. freak injuries, and it sucks for him because it's like, 
it's nothing you can really do. Like I started seeing stuff pop up from people talking on these debate shows about Anthony Davis's conditioning. I'm like, man, show me where the beat writers covering the team are writing this, right? And then I'll I'll go home on that report because those are the people around the team all day. I don't want to hear somebody on national television is saying, oh, you know, people are talking about Anthony Davis conditioning. Well, who's the writer saying it? Where's that writer? Because I want to see the actual report. Because if you're telling me a guy's getting hurt where he falls on somebody's ankle, turns his ankle, or falls on somebody's leg, turns his ankle, and he's out for months, that's just a freak. What does that have to do with conditioning? You know what I mean? Like, right. Sometimes he, hurt, he, he hurts his wrist. Oh, well, if he was more conditioned, you know, he wouldn't have got, like, got that hurt. If he, if he starts having soft tissue injuries, then that's when you have something to worry about with conditioning. But when it's these freak things that are happening – then it's just like, dude, do you, you guys know what you're even like? Did you guys play sports? Do you know what you're talking about? Have you covered a team to know oh, what, like, you know, like it's one of those things I just like come, get get that nonsense out of here. But Anthony Davis still, I mean, it is a problem where he is. He tends to always have an issue with being healthy in the worst moments and the worst times. I mean, this he got to do something at least in terms of he got to fall different. Like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 he got, he got to do something, man, because he's just hurt way too often. And that criticism is warranted. The, the, the bringing all the other stuff, unless you got like factoids and people that actually are with the team all day to, to talk to that point, then we could talk about that talking point. I don't, I don't get into all that stuff unless I actually got sources to actually validate that concretely. But where I would say that, I think, Fans are more upset with this team on with a reasonable prospect is the fact that they feel as though they busted the chemistry of this team, not bringing back a guy like Alice Caruso, who was a fan yeah. favorite for one, and but was also such an impact player. Everybody could watch basketball. If you watch, you just saw the impact Alice Caruso made, and it was such a jarring loss that because he was willing to come back, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and you let that guy go, and it feels like you ended up just starting to chase names. And to the credit, the Lakers like it's like a it's it's one of those things that like you were trying to chase the carrot, like you already had the cake, and you were trying to chase the carrot too. And I don't know, I felt like they went they they wanted all these guys with names. They wanted Mellow, they wanted Malik Monk, they wanted Kendrick Nunn, and all these guys, but. These guys didn't have the championship DNA that the Lakers already had. Granted, Malik Monk is a good player to have like a, as a rotation player. He's a good guy to have on your team. And I think I don't think teams are necessarily players upset about having Malik Monk on the team. But when you're talking about getting rid of a guy like KCP, who's not like a knockdown shooter, but was a was a solid wing defender that you had on that team, Kyle Kuzma, another one. And I think that when you're looking, you're talking about you had championship pieces. That what was the one thing that the lake that everybody the weakness that Lakers had that everybody was talking about shooting for one and then playmaking when LeBron is not on the floor and when you when you realize the investment in Dennis Schroeder wasn't it it feels like you overextended to try and go and replace that with a guy that just wasn't the fit and we all everybody knew that and it, it's a bummer like we wouldn't even do this trade in two K. To go and trade those pieces to go get Russell Westbrook, <laughs> you know, like it's just common sense, and it—that's where I understand the fans' frustration. I understand Jeannie's frustration. She still backed Rob Palenka, but and I, it's one of these weird things that because as Laker fans, people have to keep it a thousand, right? LeBron obviously deserves deserves blame for this. A lot of what people say is that LeBron was the pioneer, was the lead guy, and saying they need to go get Russell Westbrook, but. 
all things, uh, all things uh, according. I'll right there. Originally, he wanted DeMar DeRozan, but the Lakers front office did not want to give DeMar DeRozan the contract DeMar wanted. But see, this, this is my problem. I've heard, I've heard conflicting reports about this, about if LeBron wanted DeMar DeRozan, if the front office wanted DeMar DeRozan, what the situation was. I, that's why I've never really taken that report to the bank all the time. I've, I've heard this report. And the reason is that why you're I, saying what is that you're saying now to the bank? I do like banks. I was gonna say, I, I mean, we could trademark the franchise. I mean, your 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 uh, your thing slogan to the bank. Yeah, it's been used yeah. too much. Take already. it to the bank. It's already it's already been used too yeah. much. Is it how long? <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but, hands down, man's down. Hey, I feel that to the bank. <laughs> this, man's, this man's hilarious, but I, I, I think that whether depending on the, whatever the prospect of that that situation, but even that, I, I was well, that that provides even whether it's LeBron or the front office that wanted the bar or whatever, it still goes to the broader point. Even if you include that information in, for fans that are upset with LeBron about Russell Westbrook, you have to point the finger at the front office, no matter what the the, the case might be. LeBron was under contract for another year. He's under contract. It's not yeah. a situation where LeBron was going to be a free agent this upcoming summer. You had LeBron right. for a whole another year. And to go and make a move where you feel like you have to acquiesce to your star if it is the scenario where LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook as opposed to going and getting a DeMar DeRozan or a Buddy Heald when that was rumored. It's one of those things that you just mm, – you look at Rob Palenka and you're just like, what, what happened? Right, like what, and I I think that to a degree, Rapalinka has. If I had a grave Rapalinka's GM work, people people love to just. I see people are ready to for the Lakers to trade away Lamar, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, but people don't even realize, man. <laughs> it's just so crazy to me. You don't realize how good those two players are because really. Rob Palenka has built probably about average teams, but because of the fact that those... Hold on again. You Lakers fans don't have this warped concept of what an average team is. You want a championship. It doesn't matter what kind of team you're... Bro, I can name 10 teams off the top of my head right now. That would love to have what y'all would call an average team for just a year. <laughs> so this warped idea that he books average team, he has gotten. No, and you well, say, you got to let me finish my point. So you you no. got to let me finish the point. He got LeBron James. <laughs> now go ahead. <laughs> yeah, see, this, this is the thing. This this <laughs> this pro this goes bears to the the broader point because I think that the team I love I really love. Because you can't discount him seeing talent in guys like Alice Caruso. Obviously, Kuzma, however people feel about Kuzma, but Kuzma was Kuzma is a, is a good player. And then KCP. Yeah, for first round, that's a great pick. Yeah, exactly. KCP as well. It's a, that's a, that's a, especially what they ended up, what they were paying him at that point in time, ended up being a fair price, I guess, especially for what he, where he was shooting in the finals. But. When you look at what LeBron teams normally how they have sharp shooters and so on, and normally how it's like these perfect fits, there was times throughout that championship season that it was like, man, this team really cannot shoot, and it was so glaring 
that they cannot shoot. I made a whole video about it. I said that the Lakers, but then I did give a number. I said the Lakers shoot 37% at the least. They will win a championship. And because their defense was just so good. But guess why their defense was so good? Because they had a fixture like Anthony Davis. But then they, to credit to Rob Palenka, they also had a backup guy in like Dwight Howard. They had a guy named JaVale McGee at that year. And then they had these wing pieces. So when you look at that team, from an offensive standpoint, yeah, they were average. But from a defensive standpoint, they were the top of the class. And so when it comes to grading Rob Palenka's performance, I think that the Lakers have always been this team that is really good at just getting getting the best fixtures for your franchise. And then fi- everything that gets filled out, the the Kobe Laker teams are really, really good. But in other instances, everything that fills out isn't necessarily the best, but you know it's serviceable. And so I feel like that Lakers team, because Anthony Davis and LeBron were just at such a high level, it was like you just nobody could really meet that level of greatness on a on a every game basis that they were able to reach. And so for this Lakers team, now when you change all that up and you bring Russell Westbrook in, I don't know, it just it funkied up the formula because dude, when I'm watching Pat Beverly literally like LeBron is posting up and he's right under the basket. That's a bucket for LeBron. Russell Westbrook is trying to throw an entry pass in and Pat Beverly is like in LeBron's lap just double teaming him. And Russell Westbrook throws the pass anyway. It was at that point I was like, oh, it's just get him out of here. It was at that point I was like, it's chalked. It's so far gone. I don't even know what to say. But it was just evident how bad of a fit this was from a – like it, it, with, with Miami LeBron or first seven years, maybe even the second stint Cleveland LeBron would have maybe probably been able to make this work. This version of LeBron is this not – you just can't. You can't. I don't, I don't. This version of Westbrook, I just don't think you can even make this work. He's just not athletic enough to. Which is crazy to me because last year, it's not like he had a bad last year. He didn't. He didn't. It's just that in the moments that you can tell where there was close games that were, that were lost based on the misfit of the team. And you could just mm. see the, the poor spacing it, the spacing for one, it was it was horrendous to watch Laker games because of how bad the spacing was. And LeBron and Anthony Davis are run a run a pick and roll, and there's a guy just literally sitting there in the lane because he's not guarding Russell Westbrook. I, to be fair, I really don't know how the Warriors get away with it. I to this day, I don't understand it. I mean, Draymond just has to have such an incredible basketball IQ because he he doesn't even shoot. Draymond doesn't shoot the ball anymore. And yet the Warriors are still somehow able to function in offense around it. And I don't know. It's pretty impressive. But do you have anything uh, else to add on that? You go go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who Jaron Jackson Jr. thinks he is, but apparently he's the 6'11 version of Steph Curry because this man is launching from <laughs> like 30, 35 feet constantly and hitting them. I don't know what's going on. Bro, this, is a, this is a 49 point but, game. But. Uh, 49 point game. <laughs> I want to turn it off, but I'm just like, this man is, but they have 110. Yeah. With three minutes to go in the third quarter. Like, this is horrendous. Absolutely. It's really bad. Like, they're doing what, like, you, you would think this is what Golden State would be doing to them. Exactly, right? Um, but to go to your point, yeah, 
Like, I, 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 I get the, the whole, like, I get why they're upset. I, I get why they're upset. But, like, you know, the whole trade LeBron, trade Anthony. All right. Okay. First of all, shut up. Second of all, um, you see the, oh, did you see that they have a, a, a reported again? They have a standing trade with the um, with the Houston Rockets. What is it? Same one as before. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where it's the Lakers, so it's like people just just throw whatever they can out there, and it just ends up being like, oh well, you know, Lakers are looking to trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall, or looking to trade Russell Westbrook for a second rounder in cash considerations. So it's like, all right, well. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Pretty much anything just to get off of who they have, right? Yeah, it's just like, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Run it back next year. I mean, I mean unless you plan on taking like a horrible loss for us, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see why you just want to run it back next year. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it, it puts you to the point where you got to find, I think you, you just, you, your, your best bet is to find a partner that will take Russ because they're trying to make a move in free agency or something. That's right. My, that's my best bet because you're just, you're, you're in a situation where I don't, I think if you run it back, you're going to find more struggles of the same. And yeah, if Anthony Davis is healthy, things might change probably. I mean, obviously they will be better, but I just don't think it's a good fit. To be real, I mean I it's not a good fit. Yeah, but, it's not um, a good fit, and bad basketball fits when you just try to jam a square peg in a round hole. It's just. But it, the thing is, it's like the teams who want to do things in the off season. I mean, the Pistons don't have anybody y'all looking for. the The Pacers are still capped out. They're not going to trade you Malcolm Brogdon for freaking Russell Westbrook. They were talking about Buddy Hill at one point up. again. But now, I mean, the 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 Kings aren't looking to. They literally got rid of their of their of their talented guard to make room for Aaron for more room for De'Aaron uh, Fox. So they're not going to turn around and take on another guard, a more ball. Well, Buddy, guard. Buddy Hill's on the Pacers. Oh, is he? Oh, he did a trade. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Yeah. Yeah, but Russ, Russ's contract is forty four mil. I'm hip. I think Buddy's is like eighteen. Yeah, but if you're just so, trying to get on an expiring, I mean, but who? What fill? The thing is, you have so much. You have to fill in. What is that? Somebody smart, give me that number. It's what twenty mil. Yeah, twenty four mil somewhere around there. Yeah. You know what? Eighteen, twenty four, twenty six. No, twenty four. Whatever. Who cares? We're not, we're not here to do math. We're not, you know, we're not doing that. His average salary is twenty three, twenty three point five million. So you'd have to fill at least twenty million of salary. Twenty mil. So it's like you have to fill twenty mil. You're not going to trade freaking Malcolm Brogdon. It's not like the Lakers have any first rounders so that they can sweeten the deal with. Uh, so it's like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Three team trade. I mean, you could, uh, you could. But again, I, I, just Russ is such a negative asset. It's like I don't think they're going to do a three-team. Like I, I think they're going to give up. Th- that is the problem. That's where the Lakers fans are discontent. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't agree with Lakers fans being discontent with the fact that the oh yeah, we only got one championship in the stint of like LeBron's time being here. It's like yo, oh. shut the fuck up. Shut up. 
we definitely, like, we definitely seen, we definitely seen some. It just sounds so stupid, man. Like if you know history, you know not every Lakers championship runs are back to backs. Yes, Kobe and Shaq's were. Some of Magic's were. Keywords: some of Magic's were. And it, it's like, I, I just, I sit there and I'm like, you know, to win a championship in a super team era is is an accomplishment in and of itself. But just to make the to make the sense like, oh yeah, you only gave us one championship in this time here. I'm just like, he gave one championship to Cleveland. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I don't know. But and then to I'm just, looking at the team. Oh my god. But I think that it's just the fact that the the thing that Lakers fans are most upset about is the fact that it feels like they put themselves in a situation with the Russell Westbrook contract that is in that's like you can't maneuver out of it before it was like they were always in situations where it's like okay we can improve with this we can improve with that now they really like unless you're going to mortgage more of your future which nobody wants them to do it's like and we have any for the mortgage i mean we're talking about next this next season they'll be able to trade out all the way up to the 2027 pick and it's like man you're going to go out to 2027 yeah go ahead and shop that off too partner yeah, it's just like that's just too much, man. And now it comes to bear where you're just like, "Well, what the heck?" I will say this: there is there is one player out there on a bad team that can matches can can matches salary. Who? Damian Lillard. Oh, that's interesting. Anthony Anthony Simmons balled out last year. On a bad team, that's something. Too bad y'all don't have any first round picks to get them. None at all. <laughs> so I was gonna say like three team trade, baby. Three team trade again. Nobody's helping you out. Yeah, I was just about to say nobody gonna help the Lakers form a super team. Nobody, nobody, nobody got no love for y'all. Nobody about to help the Lakers make their own super team. No shot. Let's just call you better call you better call OKC and tell them you'll trade them every second rounder. <laughs> uh, up to 2027 and, and try and figure and get them in the deal somehow because uh, you ain't getting it no other way. Get this but man honestly, back. Uh, with, I, I, I'm, I'll be, I'm surprised. I don't think Dame's going to move, get moved, but uh, that team is bad. They don't want to really have anybody. I'm shocked the 76ers trade didn't happen for Dame. I'm, I'm, to this moment, I'm still shocked. Yeah, I, I, I get that one, though. It's like, um, because, uh, they, they still had CJ for most of the season. I mean, yeah. Like, I, w- I wouldn't even see if you knew you traded. Gonna, if you knew you were going to trade CJ, I, I mean, granted, Dame's been hurt, so maybe it's not something Philly wanted to do. Maybe they felt they would feel like they're punting on the season. But right. I don't, I'm just, I, that was a move that I was very surprised by. I thought Dame would have been. I mean, Chris, at Dame? the moment, the perception of Harden was still that he's a better player than Dame. So. Dame. Also, I mean, Dame. He's saying he's he's just gonna play. He's gonna play in what's it called? What? Dame just says he's gonna keep playing and he's gonna Portland. keep playing in Portland. Yeah, we'll have to see, man. Hey, I I, I respect it, but I mean, damn, I, it's rough. Yeah, this is this is something. But all right, guys. Yeah, that's enough NBA talk for today, man. It's been fun. Of course, guys, if you're not already subscribed to the KBR Sports Podcast, make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Of course, if you are not following our social media, please follow the social media handles down in the description. Go ahead and subscribe to the KBR Sports YouTube channel, guys. 
And if you guys have any comments or any questions, please make sure you comment that on the podcast on whatever platform you tune into. I will see those comments, so I'll be able to look into your feedback. And, of course, make sure you leave a review and a rating for the podcast as well, guys. And until next time, I'm out.